0: Welcome to this episode of Orchestrating Success. This is a Hugh Blue, transformational leadership strategist telling leaders what a conductor knows about leadership and the tools and systems we use every day to build high-performing teams. Now, I have a guest today uh, for this podcast. His name is Evan. Evan, I'm going to let you pronounce your name and tell people where you're coming in from. But I'll, and, and after you do that, Tell people a little bit about who you are and why you do this great coaching that you do.
1: Pleasure to be with you. Nice to see you again. Thank you for the invitation, it's an honor. And you are a a, a conductor. So what is the best way to conduct an orchestra properly? (laughs) Yes.
0: From the pulpit, from the position of influence as the leader.
1: Right. The best way is to turn your back into the crowd, right? Not to not to listen what everyone says and just focus on doing what you know best. So, uh, yeah, very nice to see you. We are live from your part, U.S., from my part in Europe. And... Uh, as you said in the beginning, we may disagree on some things. We may agree on others. If we agree on everything, we are too boring, right? So, um, Yeah, let me introduce myself. My name is Evan Givanakis. I've been uh, spending most of my career building companies and teams in the UK and in South Pacific, in uh, in, in Asia Pacific, sorry, APAC, Asia Pacific. Um, And throughout my career, I managed more than 100 employees combined, more than 500 employees direct reports across eight countries and led companies to expand, especially across the Asia-Pacific region. With that experience now, as as an executive coach, I help executive leaders and organizations build inspiring leadership from the inside out. I do that by offering some what in what I believe are some of the most educational, transformational, and you know, impactful coaching and training solutions. And I'm a practitioner. I, I I am not a theorist. For example, I can't teach something that I've never done. So, you know, as an executive coach, as a trainer, I can practically run a course on digital marketing because I can put the pieces together, but I won't do it. Because it's not my expertise, you know. Um, So I focus on sales training, leadership, building teams, strategic planning, team coaching, and how to effectively, lately, scale companies in a hybrid work setting. Because maybe for a lot of viewers, how to manage people hybrid, you know, virtually is a new thing. But I've been doing it um, for at least, you know, the last seven years five years before the pandemic so if you are a leader and you're watching this and you know you you have you already have a track record of your success you know of success in your career in your company in your team but you want to take your yourself to the next level we should talk obviously after the live interview so what are we going to go through today
0: so, Evan, let's yeah. talk about when people come to you um, and talk about leadership. In my experience, leadership is one of the most misunderstood words in the English language. I don't know about others, but how do you enlighten people about what leadership really is?
1: I, you know, the way you describe misunderstood, I would say that leadership is a very fuzzy word. It means different things to different people. For some, it could be communication. For some, it could be leadership executive presence. For some, it could be service excellence. For some, it could be to engage employees. So it really, it's a fuzzy word. It means different things to different people. Now, if you were to ask me what makes a good leader, I will say two things. influence. And execution. Influence means you can't be a leader if you don't have followers. Number two is execution. What do I mean? I might give you the best piece of wood and the best tools, a nail, a hammer, but if you cannot build something, if you cannot build a chair or a desk or a cupboard or something out of this piece of wood with the best tools, then you are no one. So for me, execution and influence is what defines leadership. You know, it's like being a music conductor. You know, if if you if you don't have an orchestra, if you don't have players, you're no one. So influence and execution. I
0: like I like those analogies. As you uh, for people on the podcast, if you go to the the uh, webpage hubaloo.com slash podcast you'll see the video of this, this interview. So there's misconceptions. Now, the l- people who are not a musical conductor, there's a choir and an orchestra there, and they're looking at me. That's a high-performing team. It's like our corporate board um, or our staff. And so they're looking at me, And but people who are not a conductor or haven't been in an orchestra choir think the conductor is the dictator. Well, tell you what, you got a bunch of professionals, a bunch of union musicians and you got a little white stick, you can't make anybody do anything, but you can influence them to perform at a high standard. So speak about um, leadership as influence. We are the authority figure, but how we use that authority to influence people to step up to their level of competence and more, um, how, how does that play into leadership in your world?
1: You know, leadership has been described as the ability to influence others. So an effective leader, whether you are a a football coach, a lawyer, a music conductor, you know, an effective leader for me is somebody that moves followers into action by eliciting their desire and conviction and conviction conviction in the vision and the goals articulated by the leader okay so can you take people with you you know this is what i mean leadership is influence i'm going to tell you um, a quick story about you know being greek originally about alexander the great one of the probably first um, ah uh, 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 military guys in the history. three thousand years ago, he was marching in the um Iranian, in the Persian desert, what is now Iran. it used to go to be called Persia, with two thousand troops behind him, right? And they suddenly here, they run out of water. And there was no watch up at the time, you know, you could not watch up somebody to come and bring you water. So his best general, he went to Alexander. He kneeled in front of him and said, my, my, my king, I'm going to take some of the best men. I'm going to take some of the best horses. We're going to come back in a couple of days. You take a rest here with your crew, with our crew. I'm going to go find water. They came back two days later with water. And he took his helmet out. The general, he poured the fresh water and he kneeled again in front of him and he gave him the water, the helmet. He said, please, my king, please drink from the fresh water. And you know what Alexander did? He took the helmet, he put it up in the air, and he threw the water on the floor. And you know what he says? He said, give water to my people first. Love it. That's your your MBA in two minutes. So this is your masterclass on leadership. So 3,000 years ago, he probably understood that leadership is influence, that leadership is people is putting your people first.
0: You know, that's such a wise, that's a, such a wise statement. Now, you, um, you have formally studied leadership in academia, but you've spent a lifetime in the trenches, um, doing leadership, which is also real life education. So, is there a difference in those two? And how do those two work together?
1: You know, I, as I said, I'm a practitioner, not a theorist. And uh, I do believe that your people will always be two-thirds as good as you are. Monkey see, monkey do. I'm a very traditional, if you can call it, a very traditional leader. You know, I, I be, especially with a pandemic, we cannot just tell people what to do. We need to show them. We need to lead by example so i've started my career back in sales when i was 25 years old in the uk and i worked for for an organization that the only way that you could get promoted is by doing the sales by bringing the money in by hitting the targets so you know that that leadership you know it's we're going back to basics you know with the pandemic you can't just be a leader by talk you need to be able to walk the talk and you need to be able to to lead by example and you'll see companies that really you know when i coach executives and i see that the leader is there is leading by example is scaling companies is the leader is there to unlike me roll his sleeves up you see difference in attitude and different in, you know you can go to a restaurant sometimes and you don't really need to see how good is the management of, or a leadership in a company? Go to a restaurant and if you really see that the staff, the waiting staff don't care, don't blame them. Always blame the management because there is something wrong behind. So leadership, it's like a fountain, chocolate fountain. When you go to those weddings, you know, you have the chocolate fountain and the chocolate flows from the top, right? Well, if the top part is good, everything will be good, but Unfortunately, in a lot of companies nowadays, it looks like chocolate, but it doesn't smell like chocolate.
0: So the leader is the influencer and the leader many times blames other people like you just the example you just gave. They blame we leaders. We're all guilty. We, um, you know, I do this, I I make some of the same mistakes, even though I teach this stuff. We want to blame people for the confusion or the problems that we actually set up. And so there's a, there's a statement in, in um, conducting. If, if the orchestra respects the conductor, they play as the conductor at, intends. If they do not, they play exactly as you conduct. So if you're really hard on your, on your orchestra and choir, they're going to get even in concert when you can't control it. So in the military, there's, there's something that, that if the platoon doesn't respect the leader, they might get shot in the back in combat. And there's corporate leaders that get shot in the back every day and don't even know it. So what what they see is what we get in music. What's the analogy in your world
1: the influence of a leader good and bad?
0: We had a little technical glitch. I'm back. Um, so in, in, in my world, music world, what the orchestra sees is what I get. So if we can either get good results or bad results, the culture is the reflection of the leader. So talk about some of the blind spots of a leader that we actually set up problems and get un, undesired result, results and we don't know it.
1: Can I talk about trust because it's so relevant nowadays? You know, managing, managing teams hybrid. You know what a lot of clients lately coming to me and telling me, Evan, how do I know if my staff are really working when they are working from home? So, you know, building and maintaining trust, I think is essential for leading and without trust if you're a business owner if you're a manager if you're a leader leaders may be able to to force people to comply you know do this do that but they will never tap the full commitment the capabilities the creativity that the individual or the the group can bring to the table they can offer so especially you know with 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 what is going on lately where a lot of people need to work from home people really look for leaders look for people look for managers look for business owners look for bosses who can really appreciate their vulnerability and inspire them understand them support them and guide them through this chaos through this vuca environment that we are we are experiencing and this requires the leader to demonstrate, and I think you can understand that being an orchestra conductor, a broad range of expertise and, and behaviors, you know, some of them, some of which might seem contradictory, but when used in an appropriately and timely manner, really create the conditions that, that foster trust. You know, and a leader. An effective leader for me should be able to balance three things. Let me bring my, 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 my hand near the camera. Three things to balance results, relationships, ego. Can I, ex- can I explain? Go for it. If you're the kind of leader who are really results driven, it's good, don't get me wrong, but you will end up driving your people crazy. If you're if you're hundred percent result, if on the other side, you are just relationships, people will like to work with you, but they won't produce. And if you, your hundred percent ego is all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. People, you know, employees, workers, won't want to work with you long term. So a successful leader, should really be able to balance the three ego results relationship that is you
0: you know it sounds simple but it's a fundamental core strategy that if you ignore those it'll damage you now let's go back to the trust thing a minute leaders sometimes isolate themselves from the people they need to hear from and there's people that you know when, I, when we go to Disney World in, in America, you can ask the person sweeping the street anything about the park, and they can tell you because they know about it. If the leader doesn't ask that person, what are you seeing? We're missing a whole message. Or in a corporation, the person that answers the phone or somebody that empties the trash, they know things that nobody else knows. And so we we as leaders sometimes isolate now. I get it that, that we really haven't learned <clears throat> to mention manage virtual teams, but maybe it's not any different. Before the pandemic, <clears throat> the Gallup poll um, repeatedly says that 70% of our workforce is disengaged, yes. We're actively disengaged. They equate that to $500 million in lost profits. Now, there's people sitting in offices that aren't working either.
1: <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> so- absolutely.
0: So that the whole basis of what you were saying, I think is key creating, you know, a results based culture, not a time based culture. So we, if we think like entrepreneurs, I'm, a lot of the clients I work with are entrepreneurs and, you know, we've got the shiny object, but we haven't done the skill building. So the kind of work you and I do, there's plenty of work for us out there. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm happy to collaborate with people that might be competitors, but no, there's plenty for everybody. So
1: yeah, there's plenty for everybody.
0: There's a gap in understanding, so I think part of what we supply people with is something like what you're doing today, helping people understand what's missing and what are my blind spots. What do you think?
1: You you mentioned the word um, engagement, so let let just grab that. Let me talk a little bit about it. Like you might have employees that are engaged but not productive, and vice versa. So if you have somebody who is engaged but not productive, what do you do? Obviously, we don't have people to, to share ideas, but you need to offer training. You need to offer support because they are engaged. They love working with you, but they are not productive. So it means maybe they lack something in the process. So you need to be able to identify what is this and provide training, provide coaching, providing support. And at the same time, you might have some someone who is productive, who who... who Who can do A to Z, as you said, you know, like the guy in the park, the know-how, but they're not engaged. So be prepared that that person tomorrow might resign and go work for a competitor. So the question I have is, if you are a business owner or leader, is this, do you know your people? And the more you know, the better you can manage.
0: You know, every, everything you've said so far is we're, we're perfectly aligned. So we, we're seeing the life um, same way. So engagement, so we what you're fundamentally talking about is, is solid stuff everybody needs to understand. And I do find that people who are successful have a coach. People that are trying to get there don't have a coach. They're going to figure it out. Now, we don't do it for people, but we help them get there faster because we help them be a better leader. So, you just talked about confusing activity with results, fundamentally. We don't want activity. We want results. And so, how do we change our mindset as a leader to inspire people to think like an entrepreneur, to be productive? How do we do that as leaders?
1: First of all, it starts from the hiring process. You know, you should have the emotional intelligence and experience when you're interviewing people to read in between the lines. And A lot of human resources people don't know how to do that. Nothing against HR, but sometimes they just ask questions based on a script. So when you are interviewing people, learn how to read in between the lines. And if you are not the one doing the interviews, if you are not a small business owner, if you are a big business owner, maybe teach your HR people how to really Read in between the lines and understand what kind of person are they interviewing. That's before you on board. When you onboard employees, is give them what they want so you can get what you want.
0: Say that again. That's a powerful sound bite.
1: Give them what they want or what they desire or what, what they came in for, so you can get what you want.
0: That's a famous um, part of what Zig Ziglar used to say as a powerful speaker. You can get anything in the world you want by helping enough other people get what they want. And we forget that as leaders, you know, people don't have to be there. They could choose to work somewhere else, but you, you, they're there. We, we influence them to perform at a high standard.
1: Treat employees like customers.
0: Whoa. Say more about that. That's intriguing.
1: Like, you know, I- you might have John. John in the office. John is in the office. John is there for the salary. Maybe John is not interesting to develop his career. So, you know, train John, engage John, get to know John. John gets to know about you. Give him what he wants and give him some KPIs. Keep him engaged. And if he does a good job by the end of the month, give him the last Friday off. What's wrong with that? Give him a long weekend because John is not in for career but you want him to be productive, fantastic. So give him what he wants, but get what you want. Set some KPIs for him. Once he does it or 80% of it, hey, John, at the end of the month, you did a good job this month. I want to reward you. Take a long weekend. He'll be happy. You'll be able to retain John. But on the other side, you might have, I don't know, Elizabeth, who is there for career, you know, career-focused individual. You need to know that. And then you need to, you know, construct, design your KPIs, design your management approach according to what Maria wants. Because if Maria is really excited about career, giving her a Friday off might not motivate.
0: You know, at the root of leadership is relationship. At the root of communication is relationship. And, you know, what you're pointing out is investing in relationship, which is a constant isn't it it's always you always invest in relationship
1: it's it's very relevant here and especially now that we are managing people behind a screen you can't really you we, i think you know that right with your conducting experience and all. you can't we can't change people can we i don't think we can no no i tried before you know in different cultures i'm going to change them i'm it's a waste of time. So the only thing that we can do is influence, and the good ones will follow. Don't expect everyone to follow.
0: When I start keynotes, um, many of them, if there's a big audience, I'll come out in my tails, and just so they don't think I'm a butler, I say, you know, I start singing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not Carson the butler. So I have them sing. And then I stop them and then I do it differently. And then I do it differently. One time is just regular. One time is loud. One time is soft. I don't ever say a thing, but, but I, so I don't change them. I change what I do. And so right from the beginning, they realize that the leader can influence people in multiple ways. So what you said just now is a key highlight that many leaders miss.
1: You know, sometimes, you know, I understand, especially if you're a middle manager, it's challenging because you're what I call the sandwich manager. You are a, you have people above you and people below you. And it's challenging, I understand that, because you also have a life, you also have a family. But at the end of the day, you know, you, with your intelligence, with your experience, you should be able to identify who are your rising stars and work with them. And the 80-20 rule, also works here. Twenty percent of your staff are your rising stars. So pick those twenty percent, work with them and develop them, and the rest eighty, they will just be there to be there. You know, and it's always about people. Yes, don't get me wrong. Technology will replace some jobs and. But the role of a leader to manage relationships will never change. That's going to be in a different level. So if you, let's say, now you're listening to this and you have a small team of you know, up to 50 people, you should know all your people. Who are they sleeping with? What is going on when the house door closes? You know, we spend 8 hours, 10 hours at home. We have partners. A lot of things are going on there. You should know and if you are working in a bigger corporation you should know what is going on in the life of your direct reports and then teach them to do the same in their subordinates you know i've seen i've seen companies with very successful products technically successful products good products for the market but they fail because Bad management, toxic environment. And on the other side, I've seen companies with average products in the marketplace or services, and they excel because their people are so motivated to work for that company and work for the leader.
0: Wow. You heard it here, folks. These are some powerful sound bites. Now, Evan, <clears throat> we've in America, I'm sure it happens everywhere else, we've had many high-level leaders from political figures to you know, corporate heads to others, broadcasters, resign because of lack of integrity. How does integrity, why is that important for a leader to stay in integrity?
1: Because we are not in colonial management anymore. Colonies are finished. <laughs> you know, people have waking up. Now the power shifted. I don't know if you noticed, but since the pandemic, when you're talking about organizations, you know, You know, an organization is, you know, a company, a country, people, you know, the power, especially when it comes to companies lately, has shifted to people. So people realize, you know, I want my leader to be honest. I want my leader to, you know, to, to. you know, it's people sometimes, you know, just in a magical way through the pandemic and working from home, they're kind of walking up. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Like in a magical way, they're waking up. I don't know how. They have they realized that a lot of, a lot of them that the job that they are doing actually has no meaning. Was it the vice versa that the leader and the manager realized? Well, half of my staff can actually work from home, so I need to change my management approach and maybe reduce my office rent. So you know, integrity sooner or later comes up. I don't know how, but people can. It's like. It's like dogs;
0: people can sniff shit, right? <laughs> I I want to I want to share how people can get a hold of you and your book. But before that, you know, you mentioned an excuse. Pandemic has given people excuses, but we've we've always had excuses for not performing. I find that some companies, some nonprofits, some religious institutions are doing better than ever. So, what are the challenges now? We have opportunities. So you can use excuses. People have used them all the time. They think they're reasons, but they're excuses. So what are the opportunities? Leaders can seize new opportunities. We, the, the one you also listed was, oh, there's technology that's replacing people. Well, that freezes up to do important stuff that we shouldn't have been doing as people. So what are the opportunities for leader leaders now in this new era?
1: Well, anyone, you know, if you really, if you genuinely like people and if you like to manage and to scale, you will see this as an opportunity to rejuvenate yourself and to retrain yourself to become a better manager for the new workplace, okay? I have seen conductors, conducting uh, a a music place online. I think it happened in Vienna last Christmas.
0: It happens Uh, all the time.
1: So the opportunity is, as Marshall Goldsmith said, first of all, you need to have the mindset of what got you here won't get you there, or what got you there won't get you here. And Have a student mindset. If you don't have a student mindset and if you have that belief that that's how we have always done it. I'm sorry, but it's not going to work out now. You know, and people are different from before, you know, they're working up. Now you have to manage smart graduates. So the opportunity. It could be an opportunity or it could be a problem. It depends how you see it. I mean, not you, but everyone that is watching. Um, it is an opportunity for you to reshape your skills, to learn new things, or it's a challenge just to, to stay in that's how we've always done it. And if I can say something, you know, no problem seems to be if the aspirations that you have are inspiring enough.
0: Let's talk about. um, You have at least one book that I'd like to highlight. Um, Oops, where did it go? So I want to talk about your your book that's that's um, on on the website. Let me just make sure that I got it got it queued up because I I didn't get it just then. So um, so your website. Give us the URL of your website and what's going to. What are people going to find when they get to your website?
1: executivecoachasia.com executivecoachasia.com Why Asia? Well, I have clients globally, but when I started my coaching career, I was in Asia. And I, I actually did it for SEO purposes as well, because if you type Google executive coach Asia, it comes number one. <laughs> so this is something I learned. Um, so there is my website, there is me, okay? And uh, my book, that I'm calling it The Virtual Leader, is in the final stages. It should be into a bookstore, into Amazon, and hopefully on your reading table um, very near, I think around March, just after February, it should be able to be launched, just doing the final touches, The Virtual Leader. Yes.
0: Well, um the um let me see if I can get the uh, the book cover. There's your handsome picture. I'm trying to get the book cover to to show um so I can't find it. Sorry, but your your book is is really um it's a it's a great book, The Virtual Leader: Manage, Inspire, Lead From Anywhere. Can we find the book on other places besides your website?
1: It's going to be soon on Amazon and all the online bookstores. So one, is not ready yet. I think it's going to be ready by March. Final stages, final editing and all that. Yes.
0: Love it. Love it. So go to, so it's executivecoachasia.com. So what, yes. what tip or thought or challenge do you want to leave people with? Because they now know what you do and they can seek you out. You've got free offer and you've got a free consultation. You know, you give people value up front whether they hire you or not. And that's, I I really respect that. So what challenge or thought or tip would you like to leave people with after this very helpful interview? Thank you.
1: What challenge or thought, right? So, I think now is the, the need for leadership now is more important than ever. Family leadership, like especially if you're working from home and you have kids running around, it's not easy. So please don't scream at your kids because they will do the same to you. So then, you know, what I mean about leadership is that figure that you are a calm person and it's not just the organization, it's not just business leadership, but if you look at our family is an organization and a lot of people nowadays work from home and they are overwhelmed. So be calm. You know, be, be a calm leader and, you know, it's, I, I, I just, I'm going to share with you some myths that people think about leadership and I'm going to leave you with those couple of myths and you can think about it. Like, manage, one of the myths is that managing teams virtually is the same as in face-to-face. It's not. So you need to have different skill set. Myth number 2. All leaders must be extroverts. I'm an extrovert, I think you can tell, but I know some of great leaders, some of my best clients are introverts. Because leaders you don't need to to be an effective leader, you don't always need to be in the spotlight. You can lead from behind very effectively. Another myth is, and something that it was elevated and it became more clear with the pandemic, is that leaders have to have all the answers. No. And, you know, and and the last one I want to tell you is that another myth that some people, I hope they don't think that way, that was 2020 was just a speed bump. There is, things are going to go back to the way they were. No, they won't. Because people want different things now. So when you are managing people, unless you are running a restaurant or a factory, that people physically need to be there, or you are a pilot, or you are a nurse, or you are a doctor, in all the other administration services and all that, you know, it is good to have, to develop different leadership skills. Um, and it's a bit like selling, Selling, you know, that's why normally if I see people that come from a sales background, normally become good leaders because they, they develop that empathy, those listening skills. So we need to be flexible and we need to be patient. And a lot of time we will get frustrated. I think you have experienced that before. And maybe one, you know, one of your, I can see your picture. You have like 50 people behind you. If someone screws up, you have to do it all over again, right? So then you need to manage the emotions, not only your emotions, not only the person who, screw up, who screwed up emotions, but the emotions of the others as well, right? That's why patience, flexibility, adaptability, soft skills. You know, you can you can learn a hard skill in two years. For example, if tomorrow you, Hugh, you're going to become a coder and you learn how to code, you go to a coding school. You can become a coder, but learning soft skills Actually, soft skills are not so soft. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing not um, only interesting but very helpful information for leaders today. Thank you so much for being on Orchestrating Success podcast.
1: Pleasure. The honor was mine. Thank you very much. Till next time.